Hey there, friends. Before we get to a brand new episode of the official Do Good Better podcast, we want to thank you, the listener, for subscribing and sharing with all of your nonprofit friends. Most importantly, we need to be thanking the sponsors to this very show. Hey, if you're in the market for a CRM system that makes your life easier, there is no better item in your fundraising toolbox than DonorDoc. DonorDoc is not only the premier sponsor to the show, it is the premier and intuitive CRM system that not only has everything you want, but has zero things you don't. No one needs complicated, especially when you wear 10,000 different hats at your nonprofit. So get DonorDoc and use Do Good Better at checkout and get a month free to try it out. Thanks, DonorDoc, for being an awesome sponsor. Hey, speaking of life being easier, fundraising is not. And as a listener to this podcast, I hope you found some insight and tips and tricks on how to make it a little less challenging. But if you're looking for a more content, more done-for-you templates, weekly support, and a community of other do-gooders like yourself to either commiserate, challenge, co-create, or celebrate with, join Do Good University. Hey, it's our brand new membership site. We have hours and hours of on-demand trainings, exclusive guest expert webinars, and access to the entire Do Good Better crew to answer all of your pressing questions. All of that is for an affordable monthly fee. So visit dogooduniversity.com or click the link in the show notes for details. Hey, get ready for another episode of the official Do Good Better podcast. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast, where we help small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. Join host Patrick Kirby as he chats about the latest nonprofit trends, challenges, and success stories. Plus, you'll get actionable advice to help you be even awesomer. If you're a nonprofit professional, volunteer, or supporter, this show is for you. We'll tackle all the big topics like fundraising, marketing, and volunteer management. Our only goal to bring you the information and inspiration you need to take your organization to the next level. So grab that giant caffeinated or adult beverage and get ready to do good better. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. I have a feeling that a lot of our nonprofit brethren, regardless of how long you have been in this business, have a sense of um, imposter syndrome. You just kind of walk into your office and you may be thinking about emailing a giant business or you've got a company in mind and you think to yourself, well, I don't have the clout to sit at the same table that these individuals do. I don't have the knowledge or the experience to speak the same language enough to, nay, nay, I say. I'm telling you that today's guest is going to help you iron out all of those misconceptions. And in fact, it will probably inspire you to go and make a phone call immediately to the biggest donor or biggest company that you have in your town and immediately ask them to partner up with you. I'm almost guaranteeing it. Uh, I would love to welcome to uh, to the show, uh, Davika. Uh, she's kind of our the, the uh, I would say what chief of staffs, chief of staff, and sort of director of partnership for Nastos Homes. 
Uh, Daviga, I am so incredibly excited to have you on the show today for a number of different reasons, but welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you so much, Patrick. It is wonderful to sit and talk to you here. So thank you so much. Um, I'm very excited. Okay. So for those who are maybe checking in, they're like, okay, I love this idea. I'm going to be able to build partnerships regardless of my... uh, how much I know or where I am or how old I am. or These are just all the hints and, and things that we're going to give for the show today. But if um, if they're wondering who you are and maybe wondering who Nasos Homes is, they might not know. So why don't we start at a 5,000-foot view on who you are, what you do, and why we're talking today. Sure. Sounds good. I can definitely do that. So my name is Devika Narayanan. I work as the chief of staff and head of partnerships at North Stars, like you mentioned. And um, essentially, a quick overview of what we do at North Stars is that we build homes for families that have been displaced either due to natural disasters or due to violent conflicts. So I'm still in university studying manufacturing engineering. And similar to myself, a lot of the team is still in college or are early career professionals. So we've sort of rallied behind this cause of giving homes to families who really deserve it the most around the world. And that's how I got involved with Nostars uh, doing what I do. That's incredible. So um, for those of you who said, well, that couldn't be true, that I've just heard the following is that she's still at university. Is that true? How on earth are you involved with something as um, audacious and as amazing as trying to find and build and create homes for displaced individuals throughout the world? That's a very large undertaking for someone who is, on paper, uh, still a baby in the professional world. Because there's a very good reason why I'm asking this question, because of the amount of partnerships that you are undertaking, but the perspective of like, how do you get started in something like that at such a young age? That's a great question, Patrick. So how Nostos really started was with the graduation thesis of one of my seniors in the same college. So Kaushal, uh, he was an architecture student and his final thesis was about building a really innovative modular home that can help these displaced families. And I knew, uh, I knew, some of these co-founders through my college circles. And so uh, when I heard about what they were doing, I I knew I just had to get involved and help out. Um, One of the main reasons being that um, forcible displacement is something that a lot of us Indians have seen around us. I come from Kerala, which is a state in India. Patrick, I'm not sure if you know about it, but it's a very beautiful state. But every single year, we have two to three months of very intense rainfall. And thousands of families are displaced due to flooding or landslides. So I had seen this sort of happen around me growing up. So I knew I had to get involved. And that is really how I got started. So, um, you know, to, to, to answer your question, it's about uh, finding a cause that you resonate with and really just taking action um, on that. You know, I, I I think a lot of people will resonate with that as a fact, right? So whether they are are they see food scarcity in their neighborhood, whether they see homelessness in their neighborhood, maybe it is uh, uh, individuals who maybe have a disability in their community that don't have a thing, and there's a sense of idealism that gets you started with trying to make the world a better place, um, and that you become an accidental fundraiser where you're not trained to do this. What did you, you said you're a business administration or business. What was your, what are you studying currently? 
No, no. In fact, I'm studying manufacturing engineering. So, yeah. Right. It has nothing to do with philanthropy. And yet, the connection here is that you find a cause that you love and that you now have to make it work when it comes to strategic partnership. How overwhelming or how interesting, maybe just from a, a walk me through the process of like, okay, now I have to do this. I have to build partnerships. I have to find people. It's not your wheelhouse when you first started, but how did you transition to like, oh, okay, I think I can probably do this? Yeah, absolutely. So um, initially, there was that little question about how do I really sort of manage doing a lot of these things, especially because I think Nostars as an organization, we really aim high and we try to, you know, really aim for the stars in terms of partnerships um, and in terms of fundraising. So there is that little bit of a question if and that little bit of a doubt of whether we will be able to achieve it. But I think it's really just about um, trusting yourself. And I think a lot of these things are things that you can pick up along the way, or at least that's what I have seen with Nostos. Um, All you really need is to be passionate about what you're doing here. And you just, like you said, need to pull things together to make it work. So initially, that would look like, you know, in the first year, us prioritizing, just talking to as many people as possible, um, reaching out through either through networks um, or, or through competitions we were part of, or, you know, really just cold reaching out to as many people we thought would be useful to talk to, to get a lot of perspectives and to really build those connections. So, yeah, we pretty much started from the ground up, but we've spent a lot of time just focusing on talking to people and getting experience from them and getting advice from them. Um, and really like just taking it from there. If you're uh, if you're a fan of the podcast, or you've listened to for a very long time. What uh, Davika is talking about is exactly what we have been harping on for the last number of years, which is in order to play the long game of funding, you need to tell your story to as many people as possible. This is just a wonderful example of just sort of naturally saying, oh, well, I want perspective rather than money right away, because that will come if they understand, A, what you do, and B, how you're going to accomplish it. And they're going to ask really good questions you bring back to the group to then formulate that next story that you come out. So maybe you can talk a little bit about how you built your story and how you tell that story to individuals that you would consider um, reaching out for a partnership. Cause I think that's where a lot of nonprofits get stuck is like, well, I don't know if I have a really good story to tell. How did you build yours? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one thing that sort of helped all of us in the team build that story was that a lot of the people involved with this team had experiences witnessing forcible displacement growing up, like I said. So it's about reaching into those experiences that you've seen around you to build that story that someone else resonates with. And another thing that we did in in a lot of our partnership pitches early on was to really talk about and and give the audience a feeling of homelessness, right? And about how 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 close and how 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 really bad it can get, right? So it's about really painting that picture, and you have to be very very vocal with your words, and you have to be you have to really paint that picture and make them feel as if. Um, I feel as if they've gone through that experience, even though they, they we've all been like privileged enough to not do that, right? So it's about really like creating that story. And in, in a lot of our pictures, we also used to use a lot of visuals from some of our beneficiaries um, to really show the transformation that a home and a Nostos home can bring to them. Mm-hmm. So like you said, it's really about painting that story. And we did that through a combination of like pictures and, you know, reaching into our own personal story and also combining it with the story of some of our beneficiaries. What balance do you put on story building 
that because I think I think we see a lot in the, in the West, especially is when you've got a Western uh, organization who is maybe raising money for an Eastern or Southeastern, you know, sort of Asian, uh, you know, the disaster or famine or whatever sort of natural uh, causes there. There's a tendency, I think, to be very um, soft in its uh, way it visualizes and tells the story without being exploitive. And I think that's a that's a concern. I think a lot of nonprofits have, even when they're talking about sensitive subjects like that. Is there a balance, or do you find because you have seen it, lived it, do it every day, that you're not necessarily that's not your first point of contact? Because I think the context here is really interesting to have your perspective on how you tell that story in your own unique way. Absolutely. So I think we we are very mindful to sort of be respectful to the stories themselves. Um, a lot of the times we have quotes directly from the beneficiaries, so they can speak for themselves, right? We don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. So we really have them tell their own story. And yeah, so you're absolutely right. We, we're mindful that it is not uh, exploitive or of that nature. And like you said, it also helps definitely that uh, we've, we come from a country pr primarily that has forcible displacement around us. And we absolutely acknowledge that we are privileged enough to not witness it firsthand, but we've seen others we know very closely go through it. So we don't take anyone's stories. We let them we let them have their stories and we, we just, you know, use the platform to really highlight that. We're going to talk a bit about how um, your approach to some of these businesses and companies and, and partnerships work. But I, I thought I'd give you a, a chance to sort of ex, uh, tell how do you build alignment? How do you uh, test the waters to even get permission to ask for uh, a time to pitch? Because one of the most important things is like this isn't these are sometimes in a vacuum. They're sometimes very cold outreaches. What is your process by which you uh, draw the line of like, mm, this might be a really great company or person to chat with because of this, this, and this. What's your research process? Yeah, so uh, we do that in sort of two different ways. One is through, um, like I said, if we've been part of a competition or, or if we've had some sort of conference opportunity to be a part of, we really try and reach out to everyone there who has anything to do with housing or anything to do with social impact really so especially in the first year for us it wasn't so much about being selective about those conversations but really about just going in in full full force and having as many conversations as possible the second way we would do that is really through connections and through people who then put us in touch with other people who think might be more relevant for us to talk to and to sort of answer your second question about how do we approach those conversations to begin with, we would be, you know, fairly straightforward that this is what we do. And uh, we would love to have a very quick call with you to hear your perspective on what we do and also explore avenues of collaboration. So we would be pretty straightforward on that. Um, and like I said, you know, it, 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 the call is is never wasted. We either get like really useful advice um, or we we get something that could potentially be a partnership. What I love most about that is your insistence on the transparency on why you're calling, who you are, what you're trying to accomplish. But more than that, it's understanding that even if you get a no or a no right now, you're taking back valuable information to re-tweak the story or how you approach things. And I think that's such a wonderful nugget of information that, that nonprofits need to, to squirrel away in the back of their brain is that without getting too defeated about no's, 
is what did you learn from that conversation and what question did that elicited a really good reaction? Was there a time where you just got a straight out no that maybe you turned into a yes or just a straight out like, I'm not even remotely interested in this, but you learned enough to come and go back to or kind of figure out what that next step would be? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we've had conversations where um, the people we're talking to is not really interested in partnering at the moment. But like you said, we don't see any conversation as wasted, right? Specifically because even in those co- even in those conversations, some of the questions they ask will be really important for us to reflect on and for us to really build answers to for our next conversation. So it's really important to see it, it as a learning experience, if anything, for us to really better our approach and to perfect it for the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of nonprofits will um, be very hesitant to pick up the phone or send an email or um, stop by a business or an individual who maybe has the potential to give uh, and maybe even aligned. But the idea of them sitting across the table or conference room or even phone and saying, I would like to tell you our story, they don't seem or think themselves worthy. And that is, I think that hesitancy keeps a lot of money out of their pockets and um, not putting it into their programs. How do you mentally prepare yourself for something like that? And again, I don't use your youth as an example of like the audacity of this woman to kind of showcase, but it is, it's remarkable that you can conduct yourself with such an, an amazing, uh, you know, sort of um, high level conversations that it's so wonderful for a talent to learn that and to pass on to a small nonprofit. How do you wrap your brain around deserving a seat? That's an excellent question, Patrick. And I understand, you know, sort of doubting yourself um, in some of these conversations. And I think the youth led angle that you pointed out is actually a factor, right? Because I'm often conversing with people that have so much more experience than me who have started organizations even before I was born, right? So it really might play into your head and reduce your confidence a little bit going into that conversation. But how we handle that at Nostos is through extreme preparation, right? So we go in and we sweat the little details. We make sure we have everything prepped. We make sure we go with a really professional looking slide deck. So we really are able to combine that sort of audacity like i would say audacity right audacity and ambition of being young while still making sure that we appear extremely professional and extremely put together because um that that you need to build credibility for yourself and for your organization especially as young people and so we really make sure we really look at every single scenario we think of think through all the questions that we've had in the past and we anticipate in the call and we really make sure we're very well prepared going into the conversation. So that really also helps me mentally say that, okay, I've prepared so well that I think I deserve a seat to actually talk about what I'm passionate about simply because I've put in the time and the effort to have that conversation. I'm sure at one point somebody has asked you a question you didn't know the answer to. And I think that is a run, another real big hesitation that nonprofits have where like, I don't want to be caught off guard. What do I say? How do I even react to that? And that slight thing in the back of your head that says, oh, I don't know if I'm going to know everything will prevent them to even do a thing. And so how do you, maybe you can give an example of maybe what you would say or how you would approach somebody asking you a question you don't know 
to give some perspective to those who are listening of like, okay, if you don't know, this is kind of maybe how you would react or what you did so that they can mentally prepare themselves for the inevitable thing that they might not know 100% the answer to. Yes. Uh, so yes, there have been times in conversations where I don't 100% know the answer to something. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like, oh, am I being put in a spot a little bit, right? Am I going to say the right thing or am I not going to say the right thing? But I think what I do and how I approach it personally is sort of uh, be open to like being vulnerable a little bit, say that, okay, this is something we're working on right now. I can get back to you with answers for that. Um, but I can also talk about something else, right? I can talk about something that is interesting that we are doing that is exciting. But the answer to this question right now is something we're still figuring out and it's still a work in progress. So for me, that has sort of worked in the past where showing the little bit of vulnerability is not something that people will necessarily view view as a negative. And, you know, people have been in situations where they haven't had answers to everything. So I think sort of admitting that and trying your best to answer it is is uh, is 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 probably the best solution there and is what I have done in the past. And I think it has mostly worked out. Well, the other thing too, is that if you can try to, if you're, you're trying to weasel your way out of the answer and it's, you're just going to start digging yourself a hole and it's not going to go well at all, rather than that immediate bandaid off, like, don't know, but I'm so glad you asked that question. That's going to help us do this. Can I get back to you? And, and, and for the, for the nonprofits listening, what a wonderful avenue and permission granted by those that you're talking with to reach out again and say hi. So you're you're now asking them if you can reach back out. They say yes. Well, now you've got a permission to call, permission mm-hmm. to email. They're looking forward to it. And then the timeliness in which you get back to that answer to the individual will now dictate, you know, how you react and and, and how they perceive you as a professional regardless of your age or experience or anything like that, because you just did the due diligence to follow up and say, Hey, I know you asked this question. Here's what it is, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's, that's such a wonderful point as well, is that you just never want um, to sort of make it up as you go. That's how you, uh, that's how you really, uh, I think, so self-doubt in how you solicit um, any of those partnerships from, from the partnerships uh, perspective again, too, is what is the what are the big goals that you have? Who are the ones that you're trying to reach out to? Are they um, everything from mom and pop shops to big corporations? Or where do you see the biggest opportunity for Nasos just to kind of maybe make a, a play for or be interested in, in soliciting? How do you determine your list? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, what we essentially want to do is really build Nostos communities around the world, right? So the problem of displacement is not isolated to India. It's not isolated to any country. It's pretty much there around the world. And so we've had conversations with people in Africa. We've had conversations with people across the world who have said that they are interested and um, this is a cause that they can see locally as well and that they want our houses there. So really for us, the next step is doing as many international partnerships and as many partnerships as possible. Um, Very recently, we were able to partner with Habitat for Humanity in Malawi. So that was our first um, international deployment. And we we, we were able to build houses for the flood displaced families in Malawi. So we're looking for more of those organizations that do, um, you know, aid, um, that give houses, that work with um, displaced communities. And we're looking to partner with them uh, in order to deploy houses in the communities they work with. One of the things that I think nonprofits get hung up on is what can they provide to a partner 
when the partner provides them money or resources or additional, you know, sort of um, uh, connections or whatever. Like there's this almost, I can't give you enough. Therefore, I don't feel like you should give me enough because there's no level playing field. How do you determine what that, and I don't want to say quid pro quo, but like, how do you determine what the uh, partner gets um, as far as what Nostos can bring to the table and um, what, is it, what does that look like? And is it is it enough? Do you do, have you felt confident about it? And how did you develop that? So uh, I think there are two answers to this. The first is that we're, we're focused quite a bit on showing exactly how the money translates to impact, right? So we are, we as an organization, what we can provide is social impact um, to these families in need of a house. So we've used like the social return on uh, on investment framework to really look at a number, right? So to come with, come up with a concrete number of what is the social impact that every dollar translates to. So we've done the math and it, it roughly is about $15 of impact for every $1 donated to Nostra. So I think using these sort of metrics can really show to um, the donor exactly what sort of impact they are able to get. So that is one aspect, right? That is the more quantitative aspect, but that is also the qualitative aspect. And that is where story building comes in, right? That is where um, getting your stories from your beneficiaries really help, right? Because then the donors can really feel like they have impacted this one individual rather than seeing it uh, from a very broad perspective. So that is really what we can give to give to our donors. And we've tried to make it as concrete as possible so that they have the clear picture in their mind of what um, their donations translate to. Mm-hmm. And is there a thing, is there stuff, is there acknowledgement? I mean, how does that, because I think, uh, you know, especially if you're looking at an event or you're looking at sort of like a program partner, like how do I promote you or how do I do this? And I think we think of, um, you know, sort of sponsorship and partnership as like, well, I'm going to give you something. Do do you think about that in that terms or is it purely impact? And this is what you're, you've got a corporate responsibility or you've got an individual need to give that's enough. And here's the story you get, or, or is it a physical thing or a promotional thing that you can offer? Right. So, um, we don't necessarily do a lot of like those sort of programs so we don't have those sort of events so we don't really have event sponsors i'm not sure that question will be very valid for what nostos does and another aspect of nostos is that you sort of completely volunteer run right so we're very intentionally volunteer run so that we have pretty much no overheads which means every everything donated to nostos goes to building houses so that for us makes that sort of translation into impact a much more um much more sort of calculatable metric for us so that's what we primarily focus on in terms of like what we give back to our donors and another thing is of course uh, every partnership we do there are a lot of details to iron out there's a lot of these small nuances which require a lot of back and forth conversation so yes um sort of after we are aligned on the principle that we want to collaborate there is a lot of these details like you mentioned that require ironing out so there is a period of sort of negotiations and conversations But uh, what we do is we sort of approach it in a very non-adversarial manner because um, at the end of the day, we want to deliver impact for these families and we want to build long-term partnerships. So we are looking to hear from our partnering organizations what they want to achieve from the partnership. And we're trying to prioritize those different goals and finally sort of reach at something that everyone is comfortable with. You know, what what I love most about that as an answer is that if you are a nonprofit 
and you're looking and worrying about what you can give others, you don't need to do that. Um, and I think that's really the lesson that I, that I loved just hearing from you is that, listen, we're, we're volunteer run and we're just going to go over give to impact, but that's what the donors are looking for in the first place. And I think if we start from a, what can I give you, you now and this transactional gift rather than this transformative gift that they're going to do. And, and I think you've just so eloquently put it that way to make us think that we don't have to give anything away. We are just providing an avenue for these businesses and individuals to do good stuff. And we're going to be the stewards of your, of your donation to make the world a better place. And that itself is gift enough. And I, and I just, I love the reminder that you get to have in that uh, every single day. That's just, that's just wonderful. Um, I think a lot of people are going to want to follow up with you, maybe with they have questions or they're going to want a little more information on NASA or something. How do we find you? How do we get a hold of you? What can we do to help or volunteer or or give perspective on what you're doing? Where do we go? Yes, uh, thank you for that, Patrick. And I'm really excited to hear uh, what people have to say. Um, so my email ID is devika at nostroshomes.org. So uh, feel free to reach out directly to me. I'd love to hear what everyone thinks. And another way to sort of reach out and see more about what we're doing at Nostros is, of course, our website, which is just nostroshomes.org. Um, and that's a wonderful uh, place to go to see the kind of impact we're delivering and also um, to see our donation links and also to reach out if there are any questions. That's perfect. As always, we're going to put the uh, links to the show notes. So immediately when this uh, podcast is done, go click on those and go sign up for newsletters and go sign up for things and go investigate uh, what Davika and the rest of the NOS, uh, NOSA crew is doing, because I think it's really intriguing. And then really take a look at what they're what they're doing and maybe how you can apply it at your nonprofit, the concepts and this idea of partnerships on a more large scale than you're probably doing already. And by the way, if you're on the internet already, and you haven't subscribed to the official Do Good Better podcast, please do. It's the type of awesome guests that we have here all the time. And then immediately after that, go back and uh, click on all of the links in our show notes. Uh, Davika, first of all, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and talking about your perspectives and giving a really clear idea for small nonprofits to figure out how on earth they can wrap their brains around partnerships, big, small, anything in between, regardless of age and experience and, and just using your enthusiasm. This is just such a wonderful reminder that we do good work and that our enthusiasm and our passion is a great way to kick in the door and tell better stories, number one. Number two, thank you for being in the nonprofit space. Um, I just so appreciate you and your whole, um, uh, the way that you, have a brain that works in like trying to figure out some of these big problems that a lot of people are not thinking about you in this space is going to make the world a better place. And that's just awesome. And thank you for being there. And most of all, though, thanks so much for being a guest here on the official do good, better podcast. Thank you so much, Patrick. It was wonderful talking to you and yeah, it really means a lot. You're the rock star. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Fundraising is hard, and as a listener to this podcast, I hope you found some insight, tips, and tricks on how to make it a little less challenging. But if you're looking for a lot more content, done-for-you templates, weekly support, and a community of other do-gooders like yourself to commiserate, challenge, co-create, or celebrate with, I want to invite you to join Do Good University. 
It's our brand new membership site. We're going to have hours of on-demand trainings, exclusive guest expert webinars, and access to the Do Good Better crew to answer all of your pressing questions, all for an affordable monthly fee. So visit dogooduniversity.com or click the link in the show notes 